Hello and welcome to Quarantine D&D. I am Elise. I'm going to be your host and dungeon master for this uh, D&D group that we've got going on. We are seven people in three different states and one not state. Uh, so we have come together during this time of social dis distancing to play a game of Dungeons and Dragons together. We have our entire party here tonight. Uh, the first one up we have is Lauren. So Lauren, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Uh, hi, I'm Lauren. I'm the one from the Not State, hailing from uh, DC. Uh, you want me to introduce my character too? Yep, go for it. Um, I will be playing uh, Bree Thorne. She is a halfling rogue, um, styled after a sort of uh, jaded PI who um, is a bit down on her luck. All right. Then we have Yari playing Ginger. Yari, if you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and your character. I'm playing a uh, dragonborn sorcerer by Gintrin. Uh, it's kind of a seedy underworld uh, know-it-all, and uh, still kind of trying to figure out who he is. We'll see. What Sounds fun. All right, next we have somebody who you may hear us call two different names. We are talking about the same person. So uh, we will call him Ben or Howell, depending on whatever comes out. Uh, so Ben and Howell, plus a third name of his character. Hello, this is Ben and or Howell. Um, I'm playing a lizard folk named Zagir. Um, he is a former uh, folk hero of his youth uh, in his hometown. Um, he is now a fisherman in the town of Tutka. Um, he sells his wares uh, to fellow adventurers um, or just anyone on the street who will give him money. All right, from the city of Zobek. Yep. All right. Uh, then another person with possible multiple names, um, Ori or Trist. Hi, uh, I am Maurice. I am playing a gnome artificer. I am a failed businessman who um, trying to uh, get enough money back so he could live, uh, retire peacefully. All right. Next up is Kenny. <clears throat> Hello. Um, my name is Kenny. Uh, if you're in aware of the other campaigns that get hosted on this SoundCloud, then I also often am a dungeon master, but I get to play this time. I'll be playing Thequin Olgelion, Master Orator, and, uh, well, no allegiance to any particular noble house, but I've left the fine metropolis city of Del Verde on the Lake of Verde to a more humble place. And finally, last but not least, we have Melanie. Hi, I'm Melanie, and I'm playing the dragonborn spore druid Kazul. Uh, she's kind of a hedge witchy grandmotherly type, um, runs a little medicine shop, and just generally looks after the well-being of her community most often than not. All right, so our ragtag group of adventurers live in a city in the world of Yalzar. So as Kenny just alluded to, he does run other games uh, based in this this world that he has created. This is going to be the, what, fifth, sixth game that, that's running? Yeah, sixth or seventh. Yeah. Yeah. So he has spent a lot of time making this world. Uh, if you would like to know more about it, I highly recommend listening to uh, the, all of the other podcasts that have all been recorded and put out. 
Uh, we will not be experiencing too much of the world in this campaign, however. The majority of this campaign is going to take place in a small, small city uh, in the southwestern continent of uh, one of the like four major land masses in the world of Yalzar. Um, I did kind of take this map from the internet. Uh, so thank you, Sean McDonald, for creating the the city of Zobek and all of its uh, all of its ins and outs. I uh, might not be using the world or the city exactly as it is on the map. So listeners at home, if you want to just kind of Google map of Zobek, that's Z O. B-E-C-K, uh, you can get a general idea of what we're looking at here. Uh, but it is a small town city uh, kind of nestled next to a river. The river makes, basically think of like a sea backwards. Uh, so the city is in that that open space um, of the sea. And there is another small river kind of, kind of cutting through that. Uh, the city is made up of a bunch of different like districts. Uh, there's merchant districts, there are college districts, there's a dock district right by the river. Now, a big thing to know about this city uh, is that it's kind of ruled, not, not ruled, it is run by basically two groups of people, the academics and the artisans. Uh, this city has quite a few colleges or training academies or just other places to go and better yourself and whatever skills you're looking to improve on, whether you want to just learn knowledge for the sake of knowledge, uh, whether you want to learn how to become a monk, whether you want to learn how to play the violin really well, there's a place for you, uh, you know, within that, that ac academic part of the city. On the other part of the city are the artisans. Zobek is a place known for kind of the, the wild and the weird people to experiment uh, this is where a lot of new inventions are made. This is where a lot of uh, old things are turned into new things or are just, you know, completely taken apart and put back together again that work somehow totally different than how it used to work. Uh, exploration is really celebrated in this town. They they like people who can, uh, you know, make things that that the world hasn't hasn't seen before. Uh, so some of our party members are from the city. Some of them are from various parts in the world, but they've all have found themselves within the city of Zobek. Uh, and all of the party members uh, have decided, you know, at some point in, in their journey of life to sign up with the Adventurers Guild of, uh, of Zobek. Uh, the Adventurers Guild is found all over Yell. Uh, you know, there's a little outpost in most of the major metropolises. Um, so what the Adventurers Guild does is what you would imagine an Adventurers Guild would do. Uh, you know, they find jobs that need to be done and then match people up to, to have those jobs be done. So you guys have all done at least one job for the Adventurers Guild before. Uh, you know, whether that's a really minor job or something that was more complicated, whether you had just signed up last week and did your first job or you've been working there for years. Uh, you know, they, they know you within the Adventurers Guild to be somebody who can get the job done. Uh, some of our party members have known each other for years. A lot of them are going to be strangers meeting for the first time. Uh, so what brings you guys together at first is the 
the, the head of the Adventurers Guild of the city of Zobek uh, calls all of you guys in. Um, you, know, you, you all get a, a scroll or a parchment wherever it is that you reside, uh, whether that's delivered to you know, your house, your apartment. If you're keeping a, a room in an inn, the Adventurers Guild knows where to find you. So you all get basically an invitation. It's not quite a summons, but it's a, hey, you better be there if you know what's good for you, love your boss type of letter. Uh, that's just inviting you uh, to a conversation about what the, your next job opportunity would be. And let's just call it for tomorrow at noon. So I imagine you guys all, you know, get the letter, you read it, you go, okay, cool, I'll be there with the boss, you know, tomorrow at noon. All right. I'll uh, let let Lana know to make the necessary preparations for me being gone. I don't know how long I'm going to be gone. I'll tell her not to not to touch my funguses. Uh, Zagir will unravel his uh, scroll. Um, as he's sitting on the dockside uh, with his fishing pole. Um, he'll unravel it, kind of scowl for a moment, and stuff it you know, back uh, into maybe his belt loop or something, um, and continue fishing. <laughs> so Thequin is on his last few gold, but has never for a moment stepped away from the high life that he's accustomed to. So even though he only has a few last gold jingling in his pocket, he's still sitting at a nicer inn uh, in the public room and has spent a couple of copper having an urchin read the letter to him while he enjoys his morning breakfast with tea. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> what a life. All right, well, next next day at noon, uh, you know, hopefully you guys are all there. So if you go ahead and look at the, uh, go ahead and look in uh, kind of right, if you see the Cobalt Ghetto at the bottom, mm -hmm. right above it, number 28. We're going to call that the um, you know, Adventurer's Guild headquarters. All right, and I imagine that you guys just kind of all go in and sit, uh, be be waiting to sit down with the boss. Okay, so right right in the crown square. Off. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, okay. I I imagine I imagine my store is somewhere towards the river side of the market district, so it's not too far of a trek for me anyway. Yeah. All right. We can come up with a number for that, or just a location for that. Yeah. I'll be uh, loitering there a little bit early and uh, waiting until a little bit after the appointed time to, sh to actually walk in the door, uh, watching the door. <laughs> you see an old man in armor, uh, like, coming at the very last second, his face red and heaving. It's like, oh, I thought it was going to be late. <laughs> All right, well, right at noon... Uh, the, the door opens and a secretary kind of ushers you in and asks you guys to all take a seat. And you all have worked with, uh, we're going to call him a human. Uh, you've worked with this guy before. Uh, you know, like I, like I said, some of you guys have known him for years. Some of you have really only had a couple experiences with him. Uh, but you know him to be 
you know, he's a guy, he gives you a job and you get paid for it. Uh, you know, you've never really seen him out behind the desk before. Uh, but from what you have seen of him behind that desk, he seems he seems okay. So once you guys are all sitting there, um, he, he's going to look at you. And he he's about in his 40s, uh, balding, kind of receding chin. Looks very meek, almost. And he's almost trembling, almost, every time you guys have seen him. Like, he's a very nervous person. Um. So he sees that you guys are all sitting there and he goes, oh, thank you so much for coming right on time. I really appreciate it. You guys know how busy busy I am here with all of the, the dangerous stuff that's going on out there. Well, what I've got for you guys today isn't so much dangerous as it is morose, almost. I don't know if you guys have, have read the, you know, uh, the newspapers or how much you listen to the gossip that's going all around town. But last night we lost one of our one of our own. Uh, Lord Abernathy, the dwarf, has died. And you guys all know the name Lord Abernathy. Even if you are just new to this city, if you walked into a bar, somebody is praising Lord Abernathy's name. You know, somebody is saying, this round's on me because I got paid today. Uh, or you are hearing a tinkerer who's saying, you know what, I was really going to give up on this project, but then Abernathy dropped a, a purse of gold on my workstation and wandered away, and so I'm going to get to finish my creation. Or other people will, uh, you know, they, they sing, and they, they sing his name before they start their, their song or their performances. Uh, Abernathy was a real, he, he was a patron of the town. Uh, he liked new and interesting things, and he liked finding people who were down on their luck and giving them that little bit of, of gold or that little bit of edge that they needed uh, to really accomplish their dreams. So to, to lose him, a lot of people in the town are, are really sad. Um, if you go ahead and look in the map again, find the gear district up top. See that big old... A uh, house and gardens with a pond right under where it says Gear District. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, uh -huh. That was his estate. Okay. So, uh, the, the head of the Adventurers Guild tells you guys that there's going to be an auction at Abernathy's uh, estate later in the week. You know, he has so much just junk and stuff to get rid of uh, that, you know, they, they people of the city feel that that the best way to, to deal with this is to just open the doors and you know sell off his stuff and have a celebration of his life. Now the Adventurers Guild uh, has asked you guys to to work at that auction. Uh, you know they're nervous that some of the you know the the naysayers may come in. Uh, there may be some people who try to steal some wine or some other you know stuff. There may be people who press buttons on that machine that really shouldn't be pressed because something might explode. They really got. They really want you guys there as just set of eyes and ears uh, to make sure that the night runs runs smoothly. Okay. <clears throat> I ran all this way just to have a job back where I am staying. I uh, call to question my awareness of uh 
the legal system and ponder is this truly the correct method uh does does lord abernathy not have heirs is that not a system in this city why don't you make me a history check that's a eight you know that somebody needs to get this stuff when he dies uh, you know, in in the city of Verde, they are the upper echelon of society. They have contracts with clauses upon clauses. If this person dies first and if this person dies of murder and if this person kills this person, then that person's going to get all the stuff. Here in the backwoods, you really don't know. Um, you would assume that most things would go to, uh, you know, to the deceased person's descendants. But you also know that. You know, maybe this guy wrote a will. Uh, maybe, maybe the the heir you know just doesn't want this junk. You, it doesn't seem out of line for for this to happen. I just simply regard how terribly queer things go in this city. <laughs> so the the head of the Adventurers Guild, and I guess I should just name him so I don't have to keep saying that. Um, we're gonna <laughs> call him. Joe Betherson Tim. 40 year old balding. Yes, you have gotten to that episode. (laughs) Can you please post this in chat? I'm sorry, what was that? Joe Betherson Tim. Please tell me what series this is from so I can look it up. Uh, It's from the best television show in the entire world, The West Wing. This will be more fun than I thought. Yeah. The uh, the president has to make up a name on the Butterball hotline, and that is what he comes up with. Which is better than I can do. <laughs> that was, I, now I'm seeing the entire episode. Thanks. What's a Butterball hotline? What? On Thanksgiving, there's experts, and they call you, and they help you with your turkey. What do you think the Butterball hotline is? Uh... Maybe you really need to know about a very specific uh, and mildly successful uh, heavyweight boxer. Uh, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's got to be it. All right. Outline for that. Good old Joe Featherson, Tin. Uh, he lets you guys know that the auction is going to be held on Friday night at 7. He would like you guys to get there early. He also stresses that he really wants you guys to be the last ones to leave. Say that again? You guys should be the first ones to get there at around 5 o'clock at night. He also wants to make sure that you are the last ones to leave. Oh, okay. And how much is this job paying again? He looks at you and kind of looks at his desk and says, I'll either give you 50 gold a piece, or you can pick one thing within reason from Lord Abernathy's house. Do we have to or can we wait until after everything's done? I'll give you time before the auction starts to, to go ahead and look through look through the manor. So we get first pick? You got a deal. I've posted concept art that I've stolen for my character in case people need the help. 
to which just age as pretentious as I imagined him. The younger one. I hate I would. If you guys want to come to my place um, early, just to chill, I do live right next uh, in the gear district. So I'd like to, at this point, sort of get a understanding of who else is in the room. Because, like, are we just in the front, like, lobby with a with a bunch of people? Or have oh, we no, been taken uh, aside to, like, a yeah. office? You've been taken in, into Joe Bethers and Tin's office. Okay, so it's just the six of us then. Seven of you. Six of you guys plus him. Yeah. Right. So uh, why don't we explain what everyone sees? Anybody want to start? Uh, yeah, I'll just knock mine out since I've just put in a uh, pictures as a reference. <clears throat> Thickwin Ogelian is a long, white-haired, uh, uh, very clearly half-elf, wears his heritage very proudly. Uh, and in addition to the dark green and uh, white gold um, accoutrement that he wears with this sort of like long, almost like a professor's attire, um, he has a maroon underlayer and has a bit of a, like any iconography around like his wrists or his collar piece would clearly define him as being uh, from the Lahasi Empire, which is the high elf uh, empire and uh yeah he sort of very quickly is is like visibly unarmed uh except for what could be arguably considered a shillelagh um he seems you know with with, with white hair and rather you know pale skin he seems p- potentially old for those who know a bit about half elves uh but incredibly uh inviting facial expression, but very uh, piercing eyes. So while the rest of you are sort of putting your character details out there, uh, Thequin, despite not being rude, is very clearly sizing up uh, all the other party members to see their potential usefulness in this task. Okay. So Zagir, he's... For a lizard folk, huge, gigantic, um, burly, one would say, for a lizard folk. Usually they're pretty quick um, and slim. He's burly, but he still moves really fast. Um, he is uh, sort of a grump, um, so he'd be kind of sitting there with a very relaxed uh, posture, watching um, the scene go down. Um, he had clocked uh, the old... Um, healer woman that he knows as Kazul. Um, he'd clocked her in the room, and he'd clocked Jintrin, um, a scamp that he knows uh, that he often uh, feeds him um, some fish at a discount if he's burned it up a bit too much or something like that. Um, he's seen these two people in the room. Um, he gives them kind of a nod um, and uh, looks at all the other ones um, in the room, um, you don't really see much on his face, you know, since his face is a lizard's face, um, but he, uh, he definitely looks, uh, scary for a lizard. Has, has, uh, your character spoke at all? He has said absolutely nothing. 
Okay. Uh, well, Kazul would have definitely walked in, kind of letting everybody go in before her, uh, and definitely would have kind of parked herself, staff in hand, steadying herself um, in whatever chair happened to be available. Um, and she's she's on the taller end for a dragonborn, but she is fairly lanky and skinny. Uh, she's about 7'7", seven, seven, but has a bit of a hunch. Um, a very kind of modeled copper scales uh, speckled with, with moss and other flora. Uh, her clothes are definitely very, very shabby, but not dirty. Um, but you can see that uh, her her spikes tend to poke holes in everything, and she has given up all hope of trying to keep the holes mended. Um, but she, she sits and just nods as uh, as Joe explains the situation. Kind of murmuring to herself. Alright, who else is there? Uh, well, uh, I'm there. Uh, Bree is a halfling coming in around maybe a little over three feet. Um, she looks I would say mid to late thirties, um, somewhat, um, you know, she wears, uh, a long coat and a set of sort of clothes that might've once been somewhat nice, though nondescript, um, are looking a little bit shabbier now. Um, there are, uh, if you perhaps look closely, you'd see a couple daggers um, peeking out of her. Her boots are strapped to her thigh. Um, uh, she looks, she's got a close cropped green hair. Do, can halflings have green hair? I have no idea. Yeah. Sure. I'd think so. Um, uh, sort of like dark green hair. Um, uh, very observant, um, dark eyes and uh, olive skin. She is the one that asked about uh, the pay for this job, and um, she's kind of uh, slumped in her chair, uh, mostly concerned about um, the uh, difficulty to pay out. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess I'm last. Um, you see in, uh, shorter than, um, than, uh, you'd expect gnome in, like, this really weird armor. Um, it looks like, uh, splint mail, uh, but it has, like, weird, um, um, pipes and things all around it because um, make it seem like it's moving a little differently than it's supposed to, uh, than you're supposed to. And he's um, half the time just uh, pondering, uh, wondering what it's like 
um, what things are like in the um, in the mansion, and half the time just looking at his empty purse. <laughs> I have one big question for Maurice. Um, um, hey, Thakwin, how you doing? I have a question when it comes to looking at him. Sorry, like an out of character question. Because <clears throat> you're a gnome? Yes. So you're a small. Are you stepping into like an Iron Man splint mail? Are you like step? Do you like step into a medium sized creature splint mail? Or is the splint mail your size? Uh, that is an interesting question. Um, I kind of, now I want to make it a medium-sized split mail that I go into. <laughs> that is an amazing answer. I, uh, I fully support cool. this. Love it. Because I just, I think it would be interesting to note that you have, like, gnomish facial features, but you stand, like, six feet tall. <laughs> that is fantastic. <laughs> I forgot to actually describe Zagir when I did my hair. hair. But I put a picture up. He's green with like red and orange. He's got a red throat and a spike like a mohawk on his head, which is bright orange. I forgot to say that. Oh, and his throat comes out when he's mad. Oh, no. Uh, you weren't last. I still have to go. Gintrin is a uh, dragonborn. That is about six six, a little bit taller than nor than a human, but a little bit shorter than Kazul. Uh, he's broad. By broad, I mean he's chunky, very chunky. He has spent most of his time behind a desk reading books and eating. Um, while he is wearing a. The robes he's wearing are very nice. They're gray, but they seem like they might have been patched a few times, if you look closely. Um, he also wears a cape that is bright blue. Uh, he His scales are bronze at the front, and silver and very, very thick on the back. Kind of looks like an ankylosaurus. If an ankylosaurus is balding. So the scales on the forehead have kind of receded almost to the back of his head. And he kind of, he's looking around everybody, trying to get a good read. Has keeps giving these uh, a look at uh, Thaquin and trying to get a read off of him. They can't get one. Everybody else he's sized up pretty well by this point. All right. Well, Joe Bethersonton asked you guys to, uh, at some point before the auction, he would like you all to figure out what you think you would do best at. Uh, you know, he's worried that some of Lord Abernathy's things are going to be stolen. He's worried that there might be riots if this person outbids that person in a fight between two old lady breaks out in the ballroom. Uh, he's worried that... You know, somebody's going to get a little bit too drunk on wine and will need to be escorted out. Uh, so he really wants you guys to figure out kind of what, how you would best help out that night. Okay. okay. I'm, I know machines, so I'll stay near the gear just to make sure people don't 
uh, misuse them. Great. Betherson Tan actually asks, will look to you towards you and go, you know what, I, I have an idea. We were going to hire, uh, and then he names some random name of somebody who just lives around town. Do um, I know that person? Yes. He has a slight lisp. We were going to ask him to be our, our auctioneer or MC for the night. <laughs> Pardon me. Continue. But I think that you would do better. I know, I know, Gear. I I don't know if I'm good at talking to people in crowds. Oh, oh. not you, little one. And he he's gonna point towards uh towards the elf and go, uh, or towards the half elf and go. No, the one who speaks well. Oh yeah, that makes more sense. Ouch. But of course, it is entirely within my repertoire to handle such a trivial task. Uh, I assume the rest of this lot would be magnificent muscle. Zagir grunts and says, I can hold my own in a fight. <laughs> it would be a good chance to field test this armor. I'm trying to see what I'm allowed out of what I want to do. How much force is allowed? Um, well... We only want one person dead that night, and he's already dead. So, as long as you don't go that far, Brothers and Tin will look the other way. No. I mean no disrespect to the rest of this entourage, but I see a lack of savoir-faire, and I have spent an unfortunate amount of time with aristocrats. I can easily handle the white... Faced, white-haired, amongst the crowd, uh, and deal with whatever ridiculous squabbles they conjure up. But once things get past verbal disagreement, I'm sure that the rest of you all would be more than capable. I'm gonna kind of roll my eyes and uh, say, um, "I'll be keeping my my eyes out for." Uh, anyone with sticky fingers you can handle the squabblings of the the wealth i just don't <laughs> want anything fancy to break honestly you keep your eyes on the elderly i'll do what i need to do also i am uh a if you want to borrow some gear, I am a uh, have a magic. I uh, allow for magical equipment, enchant magical equipment for you if you'd like, for a small fee. Is that towards anyone in particular? Depends on what you uh, depends on what you want. I can improve, um, improve weapons. Uh, and provide you temporary magical weapons or even enchant your rods so that you may cast your spells back. Uh, Thickman will sort of tap his little walking rod and goes, oh, this this is uh, no magic to me. My magic is here. And he'll sort of tap his voice box. Hmm. Well, that's definitely something that you guys can keep in mind going forward. All right, so it sounds like you guys have all kind of worked out, you know, what, where you'll be. Uh, some of you guys will be, sounds like you'll be, uh, you know, kind of keeping watch 
you know, roaming the the manor and maybe the grounds. Uh, sounds like some of you guys will be, you know, keeping a lookout for for specific like behaviors. Um, some of you guys will be in like specific locations. Uh, so yeah, if you guys have anything else you want to do for the the rest of the week, um, you know, let's say today we'll call it like Wednesday in in game, uh, and auction is going to be Friday night. So we can just kind of fast travel to tonight of the auction, or is there anything else that you guys want to get done before then? Is there a public listing of the items that might be up? For that is a good question. Uh, you you ask around a couple a couple different places. Um, let's see. Oh yeah, Jintren, you know quite a few people. So there's not quite an exhaustive list, but in between asking that guy who had snuck into uh, Lord Abernathy's uh, you know, side chamber one day, and you even asked like the cleaning guy what he had seen, and uh, you, you even knew some of the you know, the, the more aristocratic people who could tell you, oh yeah, I sold him that ring you know, a couple months ago. So you don't quite know everything that is there, but you're, you're able to put together a, you know, a, a pretty big list. Let's say a list of like 20 things that, that are going to be auctioned off. Uh, that's good enough. Um, okay, that's all. Okay. I would like to... Um, <clears throat> go to some of my uh, favorite divier bars, get a couple drinks, talk to um, maybe a bartender or um, some sort of criminal informants of mine, uh, acquaintances, um, to see if there's any word of a job going down at this, um, at the auction. Uh, sort of doing some some legwork, prep work before I get there. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Uh, you talked to a couple people that you know would be maybe most likely to try to, to do a job. Um, and they're quick to tell you, no, no, not after he's dead, man. Um, in fact, one person tells you that he had had a job in the works. He was actually going to try to hit up the manor next week and break in. But now that that he's dead, eh, not really worth it at this point. You know, who knows what, you know, what Abernathy did to protect his belongings. Uh, you know, the, the your informant just says, nah, I've, I've moved on to, to other things. There's there's other places and other rich people to, you know, with, with fancy things to sell. I talked to um, fellow uh, tinkers in the um, gear district to, to see what interesting stuff might be in Lord Abernathy's uh, mansion that might be worth buying. Yeah, that is a very good question and one that I had wish I had thought ahead of on. Um, let's see, some cool stuff that they have made. Uh, you know that there's going to be a... Uh, one, one of your people who you know who, who you've seen around before uh, has been really into like enchanting various items. 
So they just made a circle of sound that is going to be probably up for grabs. You know, there may be some rods uh, that he has enchanted lately. What's a, cir what's a circle of sound? So uh, I found it on this random thing, so who knows what it does. But it says, these simple golden rings are usually made in sets of two to six rings and have no function unless more than one is made of part of a matching set. Each ring is capable of sending and receiving messages spoken to the other rings in the same set as per the message spell. The maximum range is 120 feet between the rings. Uh, so basically, like, as long as you're wearing this ring, you guys, it's like little walkie-talkies. Hmm. Neat. I think I want know what I want for payment. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I'll spend my evening uh, tearing um, sheets of paper with great care from uh, a book that I keep. And uh, I'll be using some of uh, my perfume and smudgings from one of the blocks of incense that I have uh, to make all of them quite uh, odorous. And then dripping uh, sealing wax and pressing faces of dice into the wax to give these um, simple pieces of paper kind of an occult-esque uh, magical look to them. And so until I have about a dozen of these sort of occulty fabrications. Okay. I'm also going to, uh, while we forgot this week, uh, let it out to my contacts in the underworld that making an attack on this uh, this auction is going to be probably not in their best. Alright, they they thank you for that information. Uh, back to you. You interrupt a couple people like in, in plans and they, they see that somebody's coming and they you know, try to hastily cover up papers and they see it's you and go, oh, you know, hey, you want in on this? And then they get very, very disappointed. I mean, one of them even goes, but how am I going to pay rent now? Damn it. And so you leave them, uh, you know, one's trying to convince himself, hey, go down to the docks. Uh, you know, you're, you're a pretty guy. Some, somebody will give you money for something. So hmm. I'm sorry. I'm, I missed something. Uh, from our meeting in the Adventurer's Guild, how long is it until the auction? Uh, it's Wednesday afternoon right now, and auction is Friday night. So two days. I also want to try to scrounge up, uh, like, do some odd jobs and make some gold so I can actually afford things at the auction if possible. Zagir will do what he does normally. Um, he'll go back to the dock district. Um, he'll set up to catch fish, um, and then he'll cook them and sell them uh, to people that are in the dock area. He's probably like one of those food truck people in the drunk area of town um, feeding drunks late at night. That's for great. Money. Hmm. Cool. Can I make some money? Yeah. Um, so let's say that everybody's with kind of a, a day job or a day way to make money because working for the Adventurers Guild is not your full-time employment. Um, let's say that each of you gets, you know, let's give you like 
five gold a day, or ten gold a day. I'll be nice. Let's give it like you guys earn ten gold a day by doing your various businesses. Sweet. Okay. Um, Did I roll for any of that to see like how successful I was, either fishing or selling? Sure. Go ahead and give me a either the performance or just straight uh, charisma check for the selling. Any chance I could use intimidation? Sure. <laughs> Scare people into buying your fish. <laughs> it was just an eight. <laughs> All right. You yell at some some drunken. Uh, you know, young adults as they wander by and say, hey, hey, food will help, you know, sober you up. Hey. And they just kind of look at you and start laughing and just drink more. He grumbles and uh, hangs the fish up uh, and then starts cooking some more. Yeah, somebody else will immediately come up and buy it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, quick question. Looking at the list. First of um, first is I don't see a rod, rod of spell storing. I see a ring of spell storing in five E. Maybe I'm just looking at wrong list. Sorry, what's your second question? Uh, what type of armor is the cast off armor, or is it just like a spell to make something cast off? Uh, yeah, it's a scroll, and you can cast it on any type of armor. Not any type of armor, um, because I don't want you to use that with your cool mechanism. Um, any type of like regular armor uh, can can be equipped with it. Um, and rod of spell storing, yeah, just treat it like a ring of spell storing. But it's a rod. Yep. Cool, cool. So you, you would have to, like, pull it out to activate it instead of just, like, you know, I don't know, touching a ring. Yeah, so the listeners at home, um, I have gave, given the party a list of some items that uh, they know will be uh, will be auctioned off on that Friday night. Uh, Jintrin and Bree, you guys hear actually from two different people. Um, Bree, you hear it from somebody who has tried to rob the manor before. And Jintrin, you actually hear it from the people who were planning on it. Uh, and you hear that Lord Abernathy kept uh, a lot of money in one of his behind one of his favorite paintings. Okay. Um, I'm going to make a, a mental note of that and probably try and... Do, do they know what painting? They don't know. Um, one of them just kind of shrugs and goes, I don't know. I was just going to look at all of them. Okay. And like, the person says, I was going to look at the fanciest one. I'm actually going to sit that guy down and take him out for a drink. Uh... Try to interrogate. Just see if he knows anything else besides the fanciest one. Uh, fanciest one. He knows that uh, Lord Abernathy's daughter also really likes the painting. Um, that she had liked it since, like, since she was a kid. And he recalls hearing Abernathy once, like, talk up the painting because looking at it reminds him of a time when his daughter was young and actually liked him. Is his daughter tonight? Is his daughter what? Going to be at the auction. Uh, yeah, the person says presumably. Perfect. So go 
those of you who have been in the city for a while, maybe just the people who have uh, like lived here for years at this point, um, you guys actually know of Lord Abernathy's daughter. You may not have met her before. Um, she tries to kind of keep a low profile. She actually works for the town guard. So, you know, you may see her out and about town doing like her guard stuff. Uh, but her her name, like, will never say Abernathy on it. Okay. Curious, sir. So presumably I know who this, uh, his... Yeah, she is a dwarf named Renris. She goes by Ren. With a W or just an R? Um, R-H-E-N. Um, <clears throat> I'd like to forego working one of the two days. Uh, and let's say the rest of Wednesday. And uh, spend some time getting a, a lay of the the land of the mansion and the grounds. Since I may be unfamiliar. Sure. Uh, How many many entrances are there? Oh, goodness. Um, uh, Make an investigation check. Okay. Cut out there, uh, Elise. Uh, What was that? Um, I asked him to make an investigation check. 17. Okay, so, uh, Thakuen, you go on to the manor grounds and, you know, spend a little bit of time going, like, yep, that's some lovely shrubbery. Oh, that's a pond. I bet they hand dug it or had somebody hand dig it themselves. Uh, that tree's not native to this place. They think that they're, you know, showing off their wealth by, by importing that from that other continent. Uh, you get up to the, the actual manor itself. Uh, you know, looking at the front, it's just got one front door. Uh, then you, you start going off to off to the side, um, and you can see a couple of uh, big windows that could probably be opened, and people may be able to come in and out of them. Uh, you see like a double French sliding door on the back, uh, you know that that leads out um, almost into like into that alley behind. Um, so altogether, you count. Let's call it four, five entries. Okay. All right, then uh, I'll change the number of the those fabricated sheets I make to 20. Okay. Uh, and then I'd like to spend the rest of that day. Do I, do I know of any low uh, intensity in, enchanters? Like, not, I don't need, I don't need, I need a wizard, but not a very powerful one. Yeah, you know, two different places that you can go. Uh, you can either go to the eastern side of the city and ask one of the academics. Uh, you know, you've befriended a, he's a perpetual student of the, the wizarding college. You know, kind of constantly enrolling in new classes uh, you asked him once why, and he says that if he never graduates, he never has to start paying his student loans back. So he knows a whole lot of, like, entry-level stuff about a whole lot of different subjects. Does he speak well? Uh, what do you mean? Like, how is his... 
Is he like that the, that lisper from before, or is he eloquent? Yeah, I was going to say, like, just in conversation, does he speak well? He's probably like a six on a scale of one to ten. And ten how... being yourself, one being a toad. And how does the other non-described character land on that scale? So the other character is from the Gear District. Uh, and it's actually somebody that Maurice also knows. And this guy knows a lot more, but his speaking would be more at like a... Th- a four? Three. Oh, well, then I go to the student first. Okay. Uh, I, I request that he cast Arcane Mark on all of these sheets of paper. Uh, and if he inquires... Does he? Well, I mean, he'll look at you and go, well, that's going to take a lot of time out of studying for this final exam I got to do tomorrow. I give him an honest look. Uh, a very, like, don't fuck with me. Uh, <clears throat> and I'd like to make a uh, persuasion check. Okay. Okay. Fine. 23. So I I say, listen, friend, I know very, very well that Arcane Mark is a rudimentary spell. Uh, If it was with something within my grasp, I could have done this task in an hour, if less. You, who has a far more impressive grasp with the arcane language and ways of things, I could think could make mere moments of this request. If you divide yourself to demand payment, I'll part with coin. But don't sit there and tell me that this would be some sort of gigantic task that would take you days to accomplish. Well, I guess that arcane mark will help me study why don't you give me give me one gold for every two of them and and come back in a couple hours <sighs> I uh begrudgingly hand him almost all of my gold uh in the 20 <laughs> sheets of paper so 10 gold alright he'll kind of look you up and down take some pity on you and slide five back uh, all right. And at that point, I'll uh, leave that with him. Return quickly thereafter, and then I have no other plan. Hey, bring me back some coffee, will you? Two, two sugars, three cream. Thanks, dear. <laughs> uh, let me know when I return. Uh, does anything else happen before I go back to this student? Do you get coffee? That's not what I asked. (laughs) (laughs) No. Okay. When I return, um, I arrive with uh, and and have produced from my bag of holding a flagon, uh, a tankard, um, and I cast minor illusion to make it seem that it's full of a of a dark liquid that seems that it's hot, Uh, and I extend my hand out. To receive uh, the project finished. <laughs> All right, student's gonna look at you, look at the drink. It's gonna make a 
big show of like sniffing and he's going to do that thing where like you waft the fumes over the mug, you know, into your nose. He's going to go, ah, see you pass Professor Plum's illusionary class 101 too. I took it twice. Uh, I'll, I'll feign pouring out the non-existent coffee, stow the tankard back in my bag of holding, uh, and then approach very close to the student. Do you have what I've requested? Yeah. He, I, again, extend my hand to receive it. Look, man, I got like three more chapters to get through. I just really need a caffeine hit before I can give you give you these. You gotta give me something to pet me up. Uh, all right. Um, let's see. So, uh, what do I know about this guy in terms of his relationship with the school? Uh, so he is a old. Old for an elf. Uh, it's like he's been around for a while. Um, you know that he has, and he'll brag about this all the time, he has earned every de- degree that the college offers twice. Uh, so he knows quite a lot. You also know that the college wants him to be gone at this point because mm-hmm. he knows more than everyone else and he, you know, in class. We'll just constantly shout out answers and be like, that's easy. Why don't you know this yet? Right. So this guy is unabashedly obnoxious. Yep. Uh, but he pays tuition. <clears throat> yeah. But but he doesn't because he takes out student loans. Okay. Well, the college is still getting money. <sighs> In this economy? I just, like, listen, I'm not a bad guy, but I'm on the razor's edge of giving this guy the razor's edge. <laughs> all right. Title of your right. sex tape? Hey. Zagir can help. Just come find him. Right. Uh, fine. Then I say, uh, very well. I can provide that. Submit yourself to this, and I'll um, produce from uh, my po- my pocket my other hand, uh, and then I'll sort of press my two like front fingers almost like almost like I'm making finger guns but you know tuck the thumb away uh, and I'll place each pair of fingers on one of his temples and cast calm emotions so you see him relax uh, you know his, his shoulders used to be up almost near his ears uh, and he you know as you cast this just brings them down and just breathes and go, that is better. I'm not more awake, but I'm more in tune with my brain. Thank you. And he'll give you, give you his, the papers. Uh, and then as I uh, go to leave, but before I close the door, um, I'll thank him and, uh, and just leave. I, I'll consider scowling at him and insulting him further, but I'll leave it as it is. He doesn't notice you. He's back in his textbook. (laughs) 
So uh, the last thing that I'll do before we get there is, or before the, the night of, is I'll just arrive early and play my dulcimer on the, near the entryway. <laughs> cool, okay. I want to arrive early and check out the wares. Yeah, so if no one else has anything else they want to do before that Friday, let's, you know, I'm going to fast forward to, like, Friday afternoon-ish. Uh, so I have a question. Sure. Uh, is there a fence by or any kind of gate to this? Uh... There is. There is a gate going uh, all the way around it in, in a circle. And um, I didn't tell this to Kenny or Thaquin before. Um, so let's say that there are there are five entrances to the manor. Uh, there are. We'll say three entrances within the gate. One at the very back that goes, um, you know, that that's like the servants' entrance or like the delivery entrance. Uh, one over by the the river. So if you're looking at a clock, that would be like two o'clock, and one that would be at like five o'clock. If you see that small little like brown square that's too small to really be a building or anything we'll call that the gate. perfect thank you i'll be arriving early to also quote unquote look at the figure right, so- will also arrive early uh as instructed and stand by the gate and we with many many weapons <laughs> uh kazool will kind of Potter in a uh, little later than everybody else. Not not super early, but a little before five. Um, and just kind of once over everything, not seemingly too interested in the actual like bigger, fancier things she sees, but more looking at like weird knickknacks and things like that. Alright, well you guys haven't made it in quite yet. Oh, okay. Fair enough haven't made it into the house or just not even onto the grounds um into the house okay all right and one last question mm-hmm. just not the uh, auction off or is the estate up for auction just the stuff who is the estate going to belong to uh i don't know um that would be a question for somebody in town Good enough. So I'm also going to arrive, you know, a bit before five and uh, just hang out uh, with the rest of the crew. Um, yeah. So um, I assume that you were about to speed us ahead to when the guests arrive. Oh, no. Okay. I just wanted to interact with the party real quick. So now that we're all back together. Yeah, go for it. Um, I'm gonna call all the player characters to to me. I I walk over. Zagir raises his not eyebrows, his eye ridges, um, and toddles over, but stands a little bit at a distance. I will uh, push up from the wall I was leaning on. Sort of 
stomp out my my cigarette and walk over to you, uh, ready to get to work. Uh, Jin raises his eye rage, sort of like Spock, waits a minute, and eventually falls. Uh, once everyone is like within ear, uh, earshot, I'm going to say, compatriots, thank you for coming and following through on your word. It's good to know that I'm dealing with honorable sorts. Uh, I have pulled together a bit of arcane backup for our evening here. And from that, I'm going to pull out uh, from my bag of holding, but I'm trying to make it not super obvious that it's a bag of holding. So potentially from the folds of my outer layer, uh, a map case or a scroll case. That's sort of belted onto like a bandolier on my back and produce two sheets of this like arcane marked uh, and like heavily scented and waxed uh, sheets of paper. I'm going to hand two of these to each of the other party members. Uh, I'm going to say these are arcane wards. Now, what I need you all to do is to help me apply these to the non-essential entrances of the property. If we are obviously here to ensure that no tomfoolery or thuggery happens on the premises, then if we mark the doors with these papers, I'm going to be giving an announcement as the guests arrive. I will keep additional copies on my person and introduce them as a uh, an, a magical ward to protect the doors from forced entry. I'll imply that anyone who opens a door with one of these on it could lead to an unfortunate end for the perpetrator. Now, I assure you, and I rip one of the pages in half, they're completely non-magical. This is a ruse, my friends. Something to keep out the riffraff. So will you assist me in putting these on the unessential entrances? Absolutely. I would, I would love to have you. Zagir's uh, throat kind of puffs out a bit and then goes back in. He nods and uh, takes the papers. And he says... Which entrance should I go to? Whatever one you all find. But if you find a door that leads into the manor proper that isn't the front door, put one of the papers on the inside of the door and one on the outside of the door. I'll uh, take some papers and uh, say, yeah, I'll help. Very clever. Um, get with uh, Zagir and Bree after we have uh, distributed the papers and uh, talk with them about covering, uh, stationing ourselves between the gate exits, depending on where, uh, so that we can cover two pro people to an exit, depending on where the, uh, if one of these. We lost you there, Gary. Uh, I was saying that that Re and Zagir, so that we can station ourselves between the gate exit 
fronts, the exits from the fence, so that we can cover the exits depending on where one of your traps goes off. Zagir will uh, lift his head up and call back to um, Tequin and say, how far away do I need to be from this thing when it goes off? Oh, it, it, that's my point, my good man. It won't. There's, there's nothing inherently dangerous about these fake wards. But they will give the illusion that the doors are protected. And so anyone who isn't talented enough to see through it will be, hopefully, uh, quite impressed enough to not try and open the doors. See, we are only so many, and there's much to this place. If we can ensure that the choke points are too scary to come through, then we can find out for sure who's gone through where. Zagir, who is not really all that smart, nods his head slowly. Do I buy what he's saying? Make an inside check. That would be wisdom? Correct. Insight, right? Yeah, insight is a wisdom check. You definitely believe that Thaquin is uh, acting like earnestly, and that you know he he is doing this to uh, you know to to help do his job better. You know, not entirely certain that there are no nefarious or other uh, reasons why he's doing this, but at least the reasons that he gives you do seem to be legitimate. How much from being around town? How what? From being around town, do I know much about Thaquin, or is he kind of new on the, on the site? He's pretty new to the city. At this point, and trust him, but with suspicion. So I'm going to do what he asks. Okay. So how are you guys trying to do this? Are you going around the outsides first? Are you trying to go into the manor at this point? You know, you're all together. Basically on, like, the, the, the front stoop. Um, if we've been allowed into the manor, uh, Kazul would have kind of... Not, not purposefully, but she tends to wander off on her own. Um... And she'll just look for an outward exit that she can place these papers on without having been given much instruction as to what else to do with it. Okay. Uh, so you guys go in, go inside? I'm going to uh, go to the outside and just roll around till I find two exits. First two outside, pushed one on the inside, do the same thing. All right. Um, the first door that you would have come across would be at the the very back. Uh, what seems to be like the servants' entrance interact. Perfect. 
you see a uh, a really large cart, uh, you know, pa- painted white, um, and it says in kind of like bubbly letters, just catering company, and there's a little like swirly cake in the design. Um, <laughs> and you see a couple people, you know, in uh, what would the medieval equivalent of like black tie, you know, waiters be? Just servant garb. Just what? Just like servant garb. Yeah, yeah. So they're in like servant garb that's a little bit more like upper level. Like one one of the servant people is male and he has on like cufflinks on his uh, on his dress shirt. No patches. No uh, wearing on their on their. Um, the same swirly cupcake. Hmm. I know of this place of this uh, event being catered. Uh, you weren't told explicitly, but you you do know that Abernathy loved food, and he, uh, you know, while, while he was alive, at least, was always bringing food or uh, you know calling ahead to restaurants and having food, you know, ready when he got there with people. I'm gonna take a little try to inspect the cart without anybody noticing. Okay. There are a lot of crab puffs. Like, good lord, the number of crab puffs in this cart. We are since from the sea. Can I take one of the crab puffs without anybody noticing? Make a. Sleight of hand's not a thing in 5th edition, is it? It um, is. It is. Yep, make a sleight of hand check. I don't think I have that. Good luck, buddy. Anything else? What? Oh, well, I some. Hello? He's rolling. Oh, okay. Sorry, sure I, I thought my sound dropped out. All right, was that was, and that's a nat twenty, right? All right, first nat twenty of the game. Yeah, you steal a crab puff. I down that crab puff very, very happily, and I am happy for the rest of the night, no matter what happens. Yeah, it is very delicious. Uh, you you get a, a almost a hint of you know, and it takes you a little while to place it, and then you go. Ooh, that's uh, looking at my spice shelf. Um, yeah, that that that's paprika in there, but it's smoked paprika, and you even like start to think for a little while. Like this isn't even just like regular smoked paprika. They had to have done this over like a campfire. This is some organic, like free range paprika that's going on in this crab puff right now. It's delicious. Free range paprika. <laughs> I want this crab puff at Rag. If Rag. <laughs> My goodness. Alright, so you know, you have a crab puff in your belly. Uh, you know, people are, uh, there's, you see three different people in, in the servant's garb um, kind of coming in and out of this back, of this back door. 
a little bit and just, you know, try to make myself not too obvious. Though as a Dragonborn, I know I am obvious, so yeah, take that for one. Yeah, um, you overhear some conversation uh, between two of them, and they're just kind of like bickering back and forth of like, hey, make a bet. How many people with hats, with like the silly hats with the dead things and the nests, do you think are they're going to be there? And then the other one's going to go, I don't know. I don't think that this is all of like the temple lady scenes. So I'm going to say five. And then the other guy is going to go, okay, fair enough. How many people do you think are going to go like try to sneak off and read a book in the corner? And the other one's going to go like, oh, that's going to be way higher. I like at least 12, man. And they're just going to kind of keep, you know, bantering back and forth. Um, you see one of them, like when the other one's not looking, he reaches in and, and takes a crab puff for himself. Uh, and then they, they will eventually notice you. And one's going to kind of like have to elbow the other one of like, hey, hey, pay attention over here. And they're just going to kind of like nod to you and go, uh, hey, man, I think you should be up front. I'm going to let them know that I'm part of the security and see if I can get in on some of these. Yeah. And some of them will, uh, you know, offer out uh, one of the containers that he's. I couldn't hear the end of that. Yeah. He's going to give you some crab puffs and go, yeah, this is, uh, you know, old family recipe. I am so. I didn't hear what you said, but I'm assuming that you're saying that you are just so happy about this crab. Exactly. Okay, good. <laughs> so they're going to kind of like point you back up front and go, I think that's where, you know, they want everyone to gather. We got to get every everything else inside. Can, uh, can Zagir, can we make our way from the outside in, or is it only going through the front door to go out? What are you asking? Well, I was going to have Zagir kind of walk around the house and find a door to go in. I mean, that that is um, what Jintrin was doing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Jintrin, and that's where he found the, the back door. Okay. I like to do the same. Okay, so, um, and I know that, Kazool, you still wanted to go inside, right? Uh, yeah. Okay, so we'll pause with the people outside for a second. Uh, you guys will have to hold off on chasing crab puffs just a little bit longer. And Ginger, and you can being jealous that you have gotten two of them so far. Uh, so Kazool, and does anybody else go in with her? I guess I'll go in with her. You don't want to go around, around back. Actually, I do because I actually want to put a couple of the papers up. Uh, Bree, what are you doing? Going in, staying out, going around? Uh, well, I agreed to put up some of the the uh, papers on an entrance, so um, I'm going to do that. Okay, so just like on the very front door. Well, um, the papers don't go on the front door. They go on, like, other entrances and exits, right? 
Yes, that's the idea. Yeah, Saquon told you, like, non-essential doors. Yeah, so I'll, I'll walk uh, around the perimeter till I find um, a door that doesn't have anything on it. Okay. Um, That's like, what I was asking. Direction of the other guys, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'll, I'll stay at the front door uh, and try and hold the guests for announcements before we enter. Oh, I mean, you're still like a couple of hours off from, from guests coming at this point. Okay. You know, so auction starts at 7. Let's say it's like 4.30 at this point. All right, so I guess, Kazula, you go you know, in by yourself. Um, everyone else has uh, kind of taken off the back by this point. Jindrin went off front. Um, you know, a couple of the others took a little bit, but they had headed off the same direction too. Uh, Thaquin, you know, has uh, kind of positioned himself by the door getting in place. Okay. Yeah, but you see front doors there. May as well. May as well try it. Well, if I can go in, if I'm not stopped or anything, uh, nope, doors can open. I just walk right in? All right. Well, I'll walk right in then. All right. So you walk into the manor, and the very first thing that you hear is just somebody, like, wailing. Uh, just, like, sobbing, crying, uh, just, like, the, the most heart-wrenching sound of um, you know, of tears and of anguish and of grief. I will make my way in that direction to what poor thing is making all that noise. Alright, it takes you a little while. Um, you know, you, you first think that a sound is going down one hallway, and then you go down that hallway and you go, no, wait, gotta, gotta double back, and then you try a door, and then that door actually just like leads to a blank wall, and then the real door was behind the tapestry, and so it takes you a little, little bit of time. Um, yeah. But you end up uh, on like on the second floor, um, in what seems to be like a residential wing of the house. Uh, you know, if you if you poke your head into a room, there there's beds there, very ornate bedrooms with uh, with the four posts and the tapestries hanging all down. Very okay. Carpet everywhere. Uh, but you eventually find your way uh, to a bedroom, and uh, sitting by the mirror, uh, applying makeup uh, while making the sounds, yet no tears, uh, is a somewhat young, uh, redheaded female dwarf. And you've been around this town. You know her. You've sold her. Uh, you know, Polstice to put on her knee after she scraped it when she was learning how to ride uh, the fantasy version of a bicycle. Um, so this is Abernathy's daughter. You know, like a bicycle. <laughs> I don't know what they're like, what would be different in a fantasy world? Not riding a horse? <laughs> We've only invented one wheel so far. <laughs> uh, you're right carts are not a thing my bad <laughs> unicycle carts too we have someone oh in this party who's making mechanized armor and you're like two wheels it'll never work out of the fucking Absolutely question <laughs> um I'll 
I'll give a, a soft rap. If the door is wide open, I'll give a soft rap on the door frame. Just to kind of get her attention without actually entering the room. Red-headed dwarf in, you know, leather uh, armor, you know, very well-worn boots that have, you know, seen a lot of time pounding pavements. Um, and again, she, she's sitting sitting at the mirror, um, you know, just putting on, uh, putting on, like, eyeliner around her eyes with this heavy, you know, charcoal, uh, almost looks like something that you would have just grabbed out of a fireplace piece of, like, charcoal or ash. Uh, and she'll she'll look up over the door, uh, and you're gonna like see her almost take a second to like, you know, uh, like process that you're there and kind of pull herself together. Uh, and she's gonna breathe in and then breathe out, and then with like not even referencing the fact that she was just making these noises or like acknowledging that it happened at all, she's just gonna go, oh, hadn't imagined that you guys would be here already. Well, get to it. I couldn't help but overhear your distress. I didn't know you'd be about, I suppose. I, I wasn't sure where you'd be among the auction. Um, I, I come to bring my condolences. Uh, and with that, Ren's going to lower her voice a little bit, and she's going to go, did that sound like distress? Uh, can I make an insight check to see what it would have sounded like to me? Sure. Um, that is... That is a 22. Yeah, you know, it, it sounded like somebody who was very sad about something. It sounded like something, uh... Though your wording confuses me, um, it definitely sounded as though you were distressed, else, elsewise I wouldn't be up here. Good, you bought it. Okay, I was practicing. I didn't want to seem like, you know, the ungrateful daughter, daddy died, blah, 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 blah. So I want people to, like, think that I'm sad. But, and she's going to kind of, like, give you a smile. Do I know of her relationship with her father? Um, I know you had mentioned before that there was a time when she still liked her father. Do I know anything of what transpired between them? Uh, you know that they're not, they don't have the best relationship anymore. Um, you know, you, you can't remember why. Uh, you know, at, at some point you've heard all kinds of various rumors from people around town Everything from, like, you know, daddy wouldn't buy her an ice cream cone when she asked to, like, daddy wrote her out of the will to, uh, you know, daddy didn't approve of the boyfriends. So you, you really don't know why they they had a strained relationship, but you know that they did. Okay. Well, if, if all is well, uh, I have... These, these wards here, and I'll show her the, the papers. Um, I, I had a thought that I might put some on uh, some of the outward-facing windows of the home um, on the second level, because if I were a crafty young thing trying to 
steal something, the second story is definitely where I'd start. Oh, yeah, sure. And she'll just kind of gesture, um, you know, have at it. Uh, you know, Dad's office is, is down the hall. Uh, I think that's locked right now. I was going to leave it locked till, you know, closer to, to the auction. I really don't want to go in there by myself right now. Uh, but every, everything else is open and available. All right, then. Uh, do you know your father's private quarters apart from his office? Like bedroom? Yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, he pretty much slept in his in that armchair in his office. Um, I think like he kept his underwear in that bedroom down the hall, uh, and she'll point off you know to a different door. <laughs> Fair enough, and I'll I'll kind of very just I guess bewildered at the emotions present, uh, kind of totter off down to the other rooms. Um, You're gonna hear going in the direction she went, but not necessarily to the room that she specified. Uh, you're going to see her sit back down at the mirror, and she's going to like look at herself and go, come on, dead puppies, no ice cream. Uh, boyfriend just broke up with me. And she like, you know, produces like a single tear, and she's going to celebrate that. I'm going to kind of poke my head back into the room and just kind of whisper, try biting your lip, dear. And before ducking back out. <laughs> She's going to try that. You're going to hear, ah, ooh. Because <laughs> we'll see some shit, man. <laughs> I um, but she'll, I'll totter off and, uh, go to, I'll, I'll honestly just start kind of poking around. I, I don't get to see such opulence very often. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you poke around for a bit. We're going to go back to the outside people. All right. All right. Um, so Thakwin still just kind of want to stand watch by the door, knowing well, that it is a little bit early. Has the rest of the party returned to the front yet? Nope. Nope, they've all set off. Then in, until they come back, I'm going to make sure that someone's at the front door. Okay. Um, so you hear some of the, the crying that was going on. You know, you, you eventually hear it stop. But yeah, um, you know, front of, front of the, the property, very quiet. Uh, you can hear the, the noise of the city and the town going on around you, uh, which is a very pretty, pretty spot. There's... Lots of shrubbery. There's all kinds of flowers. There's you know that that pond off in the distance with very picturesque ducks, you know, swimming around it. Um, even a swan, if you look really, really closely. But nothing seems to be happening up front. Um, people who have gone around back. So Jintran, you are digesting that crab puff, and we've got Brie Kazoo or Brie Maurice. And Zagir going around back, right? Yep, yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Zagir right, well. is looking for a door to put the papers on. Seems some windows. You haven't seen any doors. 
until you meet up with Jintrin and see the uh, you know see see the service entrance in like the, the very perfect back of the house. Does he see? Yeah, yeah. You guys, you all see each other. You can meet up with each other. Sorry, um, does, does he, he see him he, snacking he, on the crab puffs? No, he's finished eating it at this point. But you guys do see the cart uh, with the swirly cupcake design. You know, Zagir with- says, I should have known you'd be with the food. And then he goes to uh, move past him and asks uh, where he could find a door to put these funny papers. Uh, at that point, you see, you know, the back door uh, is is open. It's propped open uh, so that the uh, the people in the the servants' outfits, let's call them the servants, um, so the caterers rather, you know, can can come in and out back to their cart. Uh, so they come out again, and this time their banter is a little bit like more forceful of like, no, you got to do it the last time. It's my turn, and they're gonna see you guys and go. Really? Come on! We told you up front. Zagir uh, puts the papers down at his side and kind of steps up to the two, and he says, "Look, we're here with the guard. What are you squabbling?" What was that last bit? Sorry. What are you squabbling about? And one of them is going to look at the other one and go, you, you tell him. No, you tell him. No, you. T- uh, and then they're going to start arguing over who's going to tell you the other one or who's going who's gonna to tell Zagir, you. Zagir is going to move forward again and his throat is going to push out. And then um, I'd like to roll Intimidate and he's going to be like, Someone tell me what's going on now so I can get out of here. Is this near the entrance? Of- yes. Yep. You guys, uh, all the people who have gone around back, it is you, Maurice, Bree, and Zagir. Uh, so, how? what was your intimidate role? Wow, I'm really doing awful. It was another eight. All right. One's finally just going to go... The old ladies like to dance with us, and they always pat our butts. And so we delegate one of us to be the one who has to dance. And they tip us really well, but we got to get our butts grabbed by old people. (laughs) He sighs and then just turns around and walks away looking for a door without saying anything. (laughs) I'm going to try to persuade them and get anything else off of them. Okay. One second while I type this in, drunk as I am. Alright, he rolled a 10 Yeah, for persuasion uh, to have them tell you more information about what? About what there was going on about and then just kind of shrug and go, I don't know, we were just told to serve crab puffs and wine. I am going after that point. 
You're gonna what? Follow Zagir. Okay. Here after that point. Bree, you following off of them? Um, sure. Uh, I've got. Um, I want to keep an eye out for um any paintings. Uh, <laughs> that rumor that um there might be sort of a cache of money behind a painting somewhere. Yeah, I mean, you're around the back of the house right now, though, so there, there's probably not going to be a whole lot of paintings outside. Uh, are we walking? I thought we were walking into the building. No? Oh, because uh, Will had, did, had done that. Um, sorry, I thought that you had asked and you had wanted to go um, around back around the house with the other people. Yes, I do want to do that. To go around back with the other people or go inside? Go around back. Okay, but like they're out back, not inside the house. From what I understood, Zagir walked into where the servants and Jintrin were, and then after he couldn't get them to tell, or uh, he walked further into the house. Oh, I'm in. sorry. I must not have explained that well then. Um, Jintrin was around back. Like he didn't even make it in inside the house. He went you know, around the outside of the house, uh, you know, like to, to the back door, basically, on the outside. Um, and that's where he was interacting with the, uh, with, with the cater. I mean, so if you guys have done that and then just gone, gone back up front, that, that, that's fine. We can do that. Oh, when I do get into the house, I'm going to uh, search for that painting, see if anything matches the painting that they talked about. Okay, I mean, at this point, you guys are at the back door. You can, like, there's a door right there to go on in. Um, or you can, you know, keep keep going around on the outside. Do you want to just go through the back door or go to the front door? Go through the back door. Same. I'm going to go with the entrance. Can I do, um, I'd like to do something on my own then. Yeah, sure. Uh, I asked for a crab puff. They're, They're going to look at you and then go, how do you know we got crab puffs? I heard you guys were talking about it. That's fine. Everyone knows about our crab puffs. All right. Don't tell boss. And they're going to give you a crab puff. All right. I'm going to go to the front and give it to Thick. Um, after putting a couple uh, wards on the door, I'm going to go to the front and give it to Thick when... It's like, here you go. I know you like the finer things. I'll uh, break it in half and offer half back to you. Uh, And sort of like offer to cheers it like uh, glasses. Cheers, buddy. It's a good Uh, night's work. To getting paid with amazing magical item. Think when to nod and start to eat the the crab puff. So I have an idea. Um, I actually have a spell prepared for the evening. Maybe I can alarm some of the doors. Per- perhaps alarming an interior location may be better. We don't want it to get tripped haphazardly. You do have a point there. 
And if we're going to apply actual magic to ward locations, we should make sure we save it for the most valuable. You do have a point. I am not going to actually put uh, noise to it, though, and just have it be triggered as a magical or men mental alarm. I think we'll just nod. Uh, where's the rest of our accoutrement? They already went inside, but everything seems to be placed. So, very well. I will, uh, I will take a walkabout, since we're still waiting for guests to arrive, just to ensure that everything's in place. And then, uh, perhaps we can all meet inside, uh, and get an idea of the interior layout before the guests arrive. I'm going to take a look at the goods and see what's the most valuable to guard. So I'll, I'll take a walk around. Um, do all of the four doors, except for the main entrance, have papers on them? Uh, so I was going to go back to the people who were going around. You guys are able to ward um, the back door and then two on the side. Um, I put a little picture in, pardon my, like, very, very quickly MS Paint. Um so, like, the inside interior may not exactly match this because I'm bad at architecture. Um, but at least, like, just for, for the, where the doors are. You know, one on the front, one on the back, one on the side, one on a side wing. Uh, but uh, you guys, as you were going around, um, you did find a small... Uh, it, it looks like a door, but not for any size creature that you are. Like, even for the halfling and gnome, um, this door is very small. Uh, and that is locked, so you were not able to like to quickly open it to put a ward on either side, but you were able to get the the others. So as I take an inspection walk around, I'll see the other door is warded, but the small door not. Correct. I'll put a fake ward on the small door. Just on the front of it. I mean, on the only side that I can access. Okay. Uh, do I meet the uh, caterers? Uh, not at that small junction where you are, unless you want to go further back. Well, like I said, I, I intend to take a walk around the entire perimeter just to make sure the work was done right. Oh, um, no, on your walk arounds, uh, you don't see them. Uh, you, you, you see their cart right there. Um, and at this point, they... Uh, they would have like taken out the, the door stopper and closed those back doors. But you do see the, the ward paper. Um, you see it on the outside. And when you look closely and kind of squint, you can, you can make uh, the, the paper on the other side out through the glass. Um, okay, there's glass. There's a window on the door? Yeah. Then I'm going to go inside and move the paper to make sure that it's not like reachable through the window onto the wall no or just, lower down on the door yeah, just somewhere on the door that i feel that uh a reasonable reach wouldn't be able to reach it and do i hear anything from that angle not notice i was asking him if it was not noticeable or not reachable not reachable well i guess at least not visible from the outside Okay, I mean, you can also, like, line it up perfectly with the one on the outside so that you can't tell that there's one on the inside, too. Uh, e either way, um, 
if I go inside, do I hear the commotion at all? Yeah, yeah. You hear chatter, you hear noises, you hear some of the, the talking of your other party members. Oh, well, then I'll go and join the commotion uh, to see if there's anyone that I haven't met yet. Yeah, okay. Um, at this point, we have everybody but Kazool. You guys are all uh, kind of like right by the back door. You're right, ready to go in a little bit more, right? Yeah, but the caterers aren't there. Um, you know, the, there's a kitchen off to the side over there, and if you poke your head in, you can see them. Okay, I'll sort of uh, curse uh, at seeing them uh, and go complications and darnation. Uh, are what's the what 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 do they visibly seem to be? Uh, one's a human, one's a half-elf. Uh, so I'll approach them, uh, very quickly. I go, gentlemen, ladies, uh, I need you all for just a moment. Okay. You may have noticed there are, and I'll produce one of my spare fake wards. These papers are on all the doors except for the main entrance of the residence. It is important that I deign you by the spell that these wards are attached to. Otherwise, opening or closing the door by people that aren't sort of given the go-ahead by the spell could eat, meet an utter end. So please, allow me to put you all on the uh, guest list, shall I? Uh, the half elf's gonna kind of raise his hand and go, "What's Dane?" Uh, put you on the guest list, essentially. You mean like I gotta know the password? No, no, no. I'm essentially, essentially making sure that the the magic doesn't explode and kill you. Can the password be Clementine? Ah, a wonderful password. Here, just a moment, and I'm going to make a deception check to sort of make it seem like I'm casting magic. So I'll, I'll cast Prejudigitation and put some magical effects in the air and sort of seem like this little bit of arcane glitter that goes upon them uh, to sell the effect that I'm putting them under the confines of uh, being able to operate the doors here, even though that's not a thing. Yeah. Uh, one of them, just like the one who's asking about Dane, is utterly mesmerized and the other one's just, like, rolling their eyes at their partner. Uh, that's a wasted 20. So, 30? Oh, yeah. They, he both. <laughs> you are the most wonderful magician ever. And he would hire you to work at his daughter's, like, three-year-old birthday. Now, remember, if you know, if you have friends that are going to be working this occasion, they are not allowed to go through the doorways except for the front one. If you want them to be able to do so, have them come see me, okay? But I can't just tell them the password's Clementine? The magic won't work unless they know the password, and I've put them under good guidance of the spell. Magical Clementines, got it. And if you see anyone else, <laughs> make sure they don't go through the doors. And with Hi. that, I'm going to walk away and just sort of muse about the pleasantries of being simple. Oh, my darling. Oh, my darling. <laughs> All 
right, do you guys want to keep going further into the house? So as I get into the house, yeah, yeah. I grab a wand and cast Detect Magic. Oh, there's magic everywhere. Like the stove is magic. Uh, one of the door frames is magic. There's a ring that's just like sitting on a side table that is very magical. Does it look like that is the ring of spell story? No, it or looks like. Right, that's a magic that you don't know what it is just by glancing at it for 30 seconds. Do you convey these magical things to us at all? I, you hear some oohs and ahs from me as I look around. Uh, can I ascertain that he thinks the ring is magical? Yeah. Uh, I'll sort of tap in the general direction of the ring and goes, what do you think that is? Give me a second. I'll see if I can figure it out. Guess I'll roll an Arcana check. Wait. Uh, that's a ten. Um, that's not like identify, is it? Well, he's making a Arcana skill check. Okay. Oh, I'm 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 not going to spend 10 minutes to cast a spell yet. Okay. I mean, you can definitely tell that, um, you know, it it's magical. Uh, I don't know what more you can tell off of that. And what would a skill check for that tell you the, uh, like, the type of magic, the school of magic? So I think uh, that that only comes from, from identifying. I mean, an Arcana check, dependent upon how well he rolls versus how powerful the spell is that's on the item, you can tell him kind of like what you want to about it. Gotcha. Okay. Like... Uh, yeah, you can tell that that is a ring that will uh, would make you harder to be hit. Oh, nice. This is uh, this is very useful. I might. Um, I'm putting down a list of things I might. Is there any? Sorry, repeat that, Maurice. Yes. Zagir asked you to repeat that. Uh, this is a ring that um, helps you not get hit. Thank you. Sorry, you cut out. This Am I is there? Yeah, um, everybody but Kazul, you guys are kind of gathered uh, by the back door at this point. Um, Kazul, oh, okay. upstairs, why don't you go ahead and make a listen check, see if you can hear that uh, your, your party members have come in downstairs. Okay. Uh, just a perception check? Yeah. Yeah. All right. That is a 19. Uh, yeah, you hear that there are a lot more people downstairs now. Um, you know, while you were, when you first got upstairs, you heard a little bit of commotion coming from the kitchen, but now you hear a whole lot more conversations and such going on down there. Okay. I, I would have eventually settled on putting the wards, uh, probably in the master bedroom, uh, on one of the larger windows, if there is one, and then would have found my way back downstairs. 
Okay. Um, do you try to interact at all with uh, the door down the hall that Ren said was her dad's study that was locked? I would have absolutely made note of it, but I would not have tried to go in. Okay. Um, so you guys, you know, you, you meet up all downstairs. Um, let's call it a, a center hallway. Uh, there are lots of portraits, lots of art that adorn this hallway that leads you know, basically from the front of the house to the back of the house. Um, there are doors that lead off to various rooms and, and directions, uh, but this is the main like thoroughfare from the front to the back. Okay. And there are people there now? No, there's portraits. Uh, yeah, so some of the paintings hanging on the walls are portraits. Um, some are landscapes. Some are just, like, there's a painting of a fruit bowl. Uh, there are some, like, almost modern-looking paintings. There are some that look to be very, very old. You say we're all in here? Yep. Are Did any you... of them moving? Make a perception check. <laughs> they are all watching you. Do any... It's a 17. Um, 17 for uh, seeing if any of the paintings are moving. Uh, yep. Nope, they all seem to be still. So I'd like to do an investigation check on these paintings, starting with the portraits, probably. Um, and I want to... Um, explain to everybody who's kind of gathered um that you know, I, I don't know exactly what our our strategy is here um but i asked around a bit and i heard that uh there might be a safe holding some valuables uh behind a painting it seems to be a rumor going around i think it would be uh, useful to know if this were the case or not. Um, anybody else have ideas? And I'm going to say that, and then I'm going to continue um, looking. I have just a device for that. Looking around the. Uh... Oh. What do you do? I have just the item for this. Pulls out a wand of secrets. <laughs> And what does that fancy thing do? This fancy thing allows me to find a secret door or trap within 300 feet of me. Unfortunately, I can only use this three times a day. So I bet I need to be uh, careful where I choose to use the cast. So what counts as a door? This is up to you. I'll We're getting into it already, guys. Yeah, I'll exclaim loudly uh, at the question from Bree. Ah, <clears throat> sorry. Did she? Did 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 we all give our names to each other? I actually don't know. Um. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I imagine you would have at this point. Miss Thorn, I have an idea, but we will need the assistance of, well, more disposable hands. I'll talk to one of the caterers to see if they can be bribed. I'll return quickly, and I'll sort of adjourn back to the back half of the house. Okay. Um, 
So you do that. Bree, what are you trying to do with the paintings? So I'm going to examine them to see if there's anything that stands out as far as maybe you swear around the frame, hinges, um, scuff marks. I might, um, you know, pull on any to see if they'll, uh, there's something behind them, that kind of thing. Okay. And you're starting with the portraits, you said? Uh, yeah. Okay. So you try the first couple. Um, some of them are way too heavy and can't be moved. Um, some of them are like painted on the wall. So definitely don't have anything, like you can't move it. Um, one of the ones that is uh, left-hand side of the hall, if you're facing the front of the house um, in this like center corridor, uh, it's on the left-hand wall, perfectly in the center of the house. Um, and it's a portrait of a Dorvan woman. And are you from the city of Zobek? Have you been here for a while? Yeah, I consider myself a native. All right. Um, then you know that this was Abernathy's wife uh, who died years and years, probably almost like 30 something years ago at this point. Uh, so this is a, a, a portrait of her. Uh, you look closely at it. She's wearing a necklace. She's wearing a locket. Uh, you're a halfling, though, right? Yeah, I am. Okay. So while you're looking at the locket, you're going, something's a little bit weird about that, uh, but you're not quite tall enough to really get on eye level with Allow me to help you. <laughs> I'm sorry, could you say that again? Allow me to help you, little one. Or equally little. Is he though? Which is really long legs. Yeah. So do you pick her up? Do you just do the looking for her? Um, I offer her a um, a hand, uh, like a hand, two hands to boost her up. Like um, I, I don't know how to describe. Like when you're trying to help the guy get over the wall, so he like stands on your thigh and you. Like boost him up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I get you. Um, I this is a regular occurrence for me. I, I'll accept the help, um, and try and get a closer look at the portrait. All right, make, make, make an acrobatics or an athletics check to try to be looking closely while balancing on this mecha armor. Fair enough. I would like to hold an action to run and catch her if she falls. All right, you guys got a cheerleading pyramid going on. While this and Kazul just kind of chuckling in the background. <laughs> I got an eight. Yup. Okay. Ginger, uh, I hear you. Well, we'll go to you in just a second. Uh, so, Bree, you are standing. And it's kind of hard to get a grip on this this armor. It's not really any like substance that you're used to to balancing on. Uh, so you actually like start to fall at one point. Uh, so you reach out a hand to to steady yourself. Um, but luckily at this point you are a little bit higher up. And so when you reach your hand up to try to like <laughs> catch a surface on the wall, just 
just to steady yourself, um, you grab a hold of part of the portrait that's right at uh, the Dorvan woman's neck, and uh, you pull and you like hear a almost ripping sound, uh, but you feel something in your hands as you fall. Uh, and you fall to the ground and you're holding now a locket. Did I catch her? Yep, you caught her. Good job. Cool, you're welcome. Uh, Ending. I'm gonna... Wait, who caught me? Zagir. Zagir. Uh, I'm gonna thank Zagir and uh, get up and brush myself off and, and take a close look at this locket. All right, I guess we will have to see what is in the locket for next week. Uh, it is 10.30. I think that we will need to call it for today. Uh, hope that you guys had fun. Thank you. This is my first time DMing in a long time, so I'm still trying to like get back in, in the groove of things. Uh, yeah, this has been the first episode of uh, Friends Playing D&D in Quarantine. I've been your Dungeon Master, Elise. We've had our entire party. We have had Zagir. Uh, Zagir, do you want to you know, say who you are, who you play, and a bye? I'm Ben. Uh, I play Zagir, and I'm really glad that I was there to. I bet she was too. All right, we've had Maurice. Hi, my name's Ori. I'm Maurice, and it's I did not plan to use my wands, but it was just perfect time. Yep. Um, and we will, yeah. Oh, I got to remember that. We'll see what, what doors and stuff uh, you see. And got to ginger and roll, uh, do what he does next, too. Um, we have also had, uh, yep, we've had uh, Melanie playing Kazool. <laughs> playing a, a tottering old woman who's just rummaging through people's stuff at this point. We found the underwear drawer. <laughs> she also has the tea. Yep, probably literal tea. All right, uh, has been with us tonight. Yari's playing Jinchen, uh, the Dragonborn. Uh, I don't remember what class you're playing. Dragonborn sorcerer. It's okay. I couldn't. You kept cutting out, so I didn't hear yeah. my name. Anyway. Yes, uh, I've been having a great time. I'm just waiting to uh, <laughs> see if I can spot something nobody. Yep. Nice. Uh, we've got Lauren. Hi, I'm Lauren playing Bree Thorn, the halfling rogue. And finally, Kenny. Playing Thequin Ogelia, master orator. And uh, if you can't speak properly, then shut up. <laughs> Good words to live by. Well said.